And so we continue on with the Sermon on the Mount. We're in the seventh chapter now, beginning in verse one. Hear God's word for us today. So do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how do you say to your neighbor, let me take that speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Now, let me start with that first half and we'll continue on from there. Last week, I mentioned in the sermon that there is this downward trend in America of church attendance and participation and identifying ourselves as Christians. And that is true, especially amongst young people. And so why uh, is that? A national poll was given to younger non-Christians, and the poll had to do with what is your perception of Christians? Now, listen to the top three answers. Top three most common perceptions of present-day Christians are, number one, anti-LGBTQ, 91%. Number two, overly judgmental, 87%. And number three, being hypocritical. That's quite a a top three or bottom three, depending on how you're looking at it. And, And so there's a book written on this survey, on this poll. It's called Unchristian, and the author is David Kinnaman. I want to talk about second place today, since that's the passage that we just heard, uh, being overly judgmental as Christians. That we just heard that there are many, many people who think that by simply coming to church on a Sunday morning, that they're going to be judged, that they are going to be looked down upon. Now think about it. Would you want to come to church if you knew that you were going to be judged, that you were going to be looked down upon? I sure wouldn't. And so the word that I want to use today is not necessarily judged, but condemned. When you condemn somebody, when you condemn a group of people, you look down on them in a condescending fashion. It is you detach yourself from them. They're different from you. Here's another reason why it's so popular and easy to do is that you are demanding that they change without you having to do a single thing. This is what Jesus was talking about when he says, don't be worrying about the speck in your neighbor's eye when you've got a log in your own. That pointing fingers at others saying you need to repent, you need to change without any self-reflection, that is very unlens-like behavior. We are in a season of self-examination, of self-reflection. And so let me be honest with you about my challenge for today in this sermon is that there's a part of me that genuinely wants to say, I don't think that we are a church, that you hear constant sermons of condemning people or groups of people. I don't think that we are a church that goes around spending our time condemning others. 
And to be honest, there are examples of other preachers and other denominations that spend their time and energy doing exactly that. Now, given what I just said, I just am guilty of exactly what Jesus said not to do. Pointing out other people's faults without looking at ourselves. And so let's take some time. Examine your own life as to people or groups of people that you look down upon, that you condemn. Now think about us as a church. Can you think of examples where we are guilty of this? If you can, we need to address it. We need to know about it. We need to repent of those types of actions and we need to change. Because Jesus clearly says, judge not, lest you be judged. All right, Mike, I'm ready for the second slide. I'm ready for the second part where Jesus continues on. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches finds. Everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for bread, is given a stone? Or a child asks for a fish, is given a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Some of you might be thinking to yourself, wow, we've been on this Sermon on the Mount for an awfully long time. Our fifth sermon, next sermon, next Sunday is our last. We're bringing it to a close. Why? Why are we spending so much time on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount? Well, one of the reasons is because I think it's really valuable to hear Jesus' words and his teachings in their entirety and in their proper context. If you were to pull those words out that we just heard out of their context, it would be so easy for us to think upon God as some cosmic genie up in the sky that we simply ask and God grants our every wish. But that is not what Jesus is saying here. He has just finished saying, do not condemn others. Instead, focus your time and your energy on yourself. Self-examination, self-reflection. And one of the ways that we do that is through the process of discernment. We are called to make sound judgments without being overly judgmental. Let me say that again. We are called to make sound judgments without being overly judgmental of others. Every day, we have to make judgments about what to say, about what not to say, about what to do, about what not to do, about who to spend time with, maybe who to avoid. Maybe someone's a bad influence on us. So making sound, wise judgments is a part of everyday life. It's a part of maturity 
and becoming older and wiser and being able to navigate through everyday challenges. And one of the ways that we are called to discern God's will for our lives is by asking questions. When you are unsure of something, ask questions. Seek more information. Gain additional perspectives that are different from yourself. And this is true especially towards people that you have a hard time with. People that you don't understand. Ask them, why do you think that? And then genuinely listen to their response and try to learn from them. Most importantly, Jesus is saying, direct your questions towards God. Turn to God towards the answers that you are seeking. And that, my friends, is what we call prayer. Having a healthy prayer life where we regularly ask God questions. Where we constantly seek his guidance and direction. And Jesus says, every time you ask for God for guidance and direction, God will answer your prayers. Every time. Now, sometimes it takes some time. And we have to wait a while. Sometimes those answers aren't exactly what we wanted to hear. But God will always respond in his unique way. And he will do so in a way that your life benefits, that has your best interests at heart every single time in a way that reflects God's goodness and reflects how much God cares about your life. So we have heard, we are not to condemn. But there are times, certain times, and certain people where we are called to correct. And there's a difference, and it feels different. So listen to what Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6. Brothers, if someone is really caught in a sin, the spiritual ones among you are the ones to restore him. Do it in a way that is lowly and in a non-presumptuous spirit, considering yourselves, lest you too be put to the test. Feel the weight others are feeling, and thus you will fulfill Christ's teachings. How are you to correct? Not in this top-down, condescending fashion, but doing so as equals. Why should you correct? Not to embarrass or shame that person. But you do it in private. You do it one-on-one. And you do it because you care about them. You are seeking their best interest. You see them going down the wrong path and you want to help them. Who should you correct? Someone that you already have a well-established relationship with, where trust has already been established, where your word matters. They know you care about them. Not some stranger on the street. So this all takes discernment. Who, when, how, why? And that's why Jesus gives us the golden rule. Right here at the end. In everything, 
Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you were heading down the wrong road in your life, would you want someone to say something to you? If so, who would you want to be the person that says something to you? How would you want them to speak to you? In a way that embarrasses you? Or in a way that lifts you up? That restores you? These are questions of discernment. The golden rule is to help us to discern, to navigate through these challenging circumstances. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Every week we keep being taught in the Sermon on the Mount a particular way to live, a way that goes against the grain of our everyday society. It is important to note that living this particular way should never be reason to condemn people who choose not to live that way. As Christ's disciples, yes, we follow his teachings. Yes, we live uniquely, but not to show how good we are to everybody else, not to put other people down, but because this way of life helps us to have a deeper relationship with God and with one another. And to be honest, it's liberating. It's freeing. It's the way that God intended for us to live. So let me give you a personal example. I grew up in a Lutheran, Missouri Synod church household. It's very conservative. No women preachers. I grew up being taught certain groups of people are sinful. Their behaviors are sinful. And there was quite a bit of condemnation of looking down at others. And it has a, been a lifelong process for me as a Christian to re-examine my beliefs as a Christian, specifically towards how I look upon other people. And I remember, it's probably about a decade ago when I was in the seminary, and there was a professor named Dr. Daryl Guter, and he was discussing communion, whether the Lord's table should be closed or fenced in. Basically, only certain people are allowed to receive communion or whether it should be an open table as we have it in the PCUSA where everybody is welcome. And I'll be honest, I didn't know how I felt at the time. I was wrestling with this question. And then Dr. Guter says, judge not lest you be judged. Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says it right here. You are not the judge. And then he challenges us, says find a place throughout Scripture where God gives you the role of being the judge. You're not going to find it. So stop doing it. Relinquish the duty that God never gave you. Stop pretending like you are God. And just do what Christ commanded you to do. Love one another. A light came on. That moment, those words hit home. Tears streamed down my face. 
My life as a Christian has never been the same since that class. It is so much better. It is so much freer and lighter. I am liberated from attempting to carry out a task that I am ill-equipped for, that I'm really bad at, that is really hurtful to others. And I am free to then spend my time and energy loving people and enjoying exactly who they are and not worrying about condemning them. I came across a Bible passage this week in uh, Bible study that kind of helps us to bring this all together. And it comes from John chapter 9. It's a story about Jesus healing a blind man. And then, well, he's done, he did it on the, on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees are upset. And they first, they go to the, the man that was blind, that was healed, and they start interrogating him. Then they go to his parents, and they start interrogating his parents. Then they go back to him again and start interrogating him a second time. And then they drive him out of town. And then Jesus goes after that man. And listen to the last words that he says to him. I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see. And those who do see may become blind. The Pharisees and anybody else who has come before, during, or after who think they can see clearly enough to condemn others, they're blinded by their arrogance. They are blinded by their unwillingness to examine their own sinfulness. They are blinded by their anger and contempt for other people and other groups of people, which causes them to look down their noses at them. And by them going around and condemning everybody else, they're proving how blind they are. Now contrast that with someone who says, I don't know what this person's going through. I don't know their background, their struggles, what they're feeling inside, what they're wrestling with. And as a fellow sinner, I don't, nor will I ever, have the proper perspective to condemn them or anybody else. So I'm going to stop trying. They get it. They can see clearly and accurately. Every week I give Kim a sermon and about 50% of the time I get to the sermon message and my sermon title is different. It's always evolving. If I were to rename today's sermon title, it's kind of a, it's a weird term. Rubs people the wrong way. But when people say, stay in your lane, Jesus is saying to us, simply going around, go around life and love people. Stay in your lane. Leave the judgment lane up to me. Amen. Amen.